Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. And this morning we're going to look at verses 5 to 25. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 25. Here in this section of God's holy word, we see a a very familiar part of scripture, I would say to many people. The, The news of John the Baptist's birth is announced to Zechariah. Here we have an angel of the Lord bringing what is called good news or glad tidings to Zechariah. Good news about something that Zechariah and no doubt his wife had prayed for for many years. The desire for Zechariah and Elizabeth to have a child. He would be no ordinary child but important in the, in the work Of the kingdom of God. He would be that great herald. That great spokesman you could say. Who would prepare the way of the Lord. Spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. Spoken of also by the prophet Malachi. This was good news. Good news. Wonderful news. But it is only wonderful news. If seen in the eye of faith. So let us read now God's holy word from verse 5 to verse 25 of this chapter. Let us hear God's holy word. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God. Walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God. In the order of his division. According to the custom of the priesthood. His lot fell to burn incense. When he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside of the house the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel said, And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. 
and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. And behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of the service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived and she did herself five months saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me and took away my reproach among people. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Our title for this morning's message is Good News from the Lord. Good News from the Lord. How do we receive good news? How do we receive good news? Sometimes we can be naive, can't we? We can believe and trust anything that is said. Um, People can mistake being hopeful, which is expectation, For wishful thinking. However we can also go the opposite direction. An equally damaging direction. What if we have been praying about something for many years? Perhaps the salvation of a loved one. Perhaps we've been praying for revival. Or as Zacharias and Elizabeth have been praying for. A child. The wait for the answer to this prayer can seem like there is no answer from heaven. Or we can also think for many things, is it too late? God may have said no in in our lives. But we can also become cynical at the good news. And not hopeful in other areas. Hopeful that is an expectation of what God has promised will come to pass. That's what it means to be hopeful. We expect these things to happen, what God has promised in his word. That God cares for his people and his promises. That all these things will come to pass. And dear friends, we should be hopeful people. We should be a hopeful people. But it is easier said than done. But we can all struggle with this, can't we? Often we can doubt the good things that God has promised for his people. And aren't we all in need of good news? We're all in need of good news. We live in a day... But the only news that seems to sell is bad news. News of disaster. News of doomsday scenarios. News that is mostly false. Truth is not valued in our culture today. So we all need good news here this morning. True news that would heal our wounds on our way to our heavenly home. Good news that would drive out the despair in our hearts. True news that would bring us closer to our God in heaven. 
So this morning, dear friends, as we look at this text and as the good news that was delivered to Zacharias and Elizabeth, let us look at how he received it. And ask ourselves as we look at this, how do we receive good news from the word of God? For there's plenty of good news in the word of God for his people. That Jesus saves all who trust in him. The first point we're going to look at here this morning from our text is good news for his people. Good news for his people. Verses 5 to 7. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child. In all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. If we read this first section, we may not think that there is good news here. Not immediately. There was something about Zacharias and Elizabeth, his wife. Now, they were of the line of Aaron. That was a great privilege, wasn't it? To be able to serve the Lord, the line of priests. But that wasn't the main reason for the good news here. The main reason for the good news was they were righteous, blameless before God. The righteousness where they were declared righteous before God based on the merits of Christ. A righteousness provided by God himself. And there is also, dear friends, a fruit of righteousness in their lives. They were both righteous before God, walking all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. They walked before God in holiness. This holiness, yes, declared before the throne room of heaven, but also one that was lived out imperfectly, of course. Neither of these two people were perfect, but were viewed as blameless before God in Christ. They clearly lived a life that was consistent with their profession. But having said all this, and having seen the good news, they are his people, they are one of his, the children of God, it did not spare them from the pain of childlessness. Verse 7, But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. Something we know from a verse later, they had prayed for. This is something in that culture that was a great pain. It's still a great pain for many uh, married couples. But it was especially in that time. It says later, the angel said, said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. They had clearly been praying for it for some time. All that to say this, dear friends, Trials and troubles are not a sign that you're not seen as blameless before God. 
Trials and troubles are not a sign that God does not love you. I say this, not necessarily. It is not a sign of his displeasure. It can be a sign of him correcting you to bring you back home. To bring you back to the narrow way. But here are two godly people suffering through this trial. Having waited many years without a child. Of Hannah, we read in, of Hannah in 1 Samuel. It says this, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. She too waited for the blessing of children. We can begin to think, am I really God's child when these things happen to me? And they may not be the specific example. There may be other things. We may think time after time, everything just seems to go wrong for me. Does God hate me? We may think, oh, well, I, I never think like that. But when we hit our lowest points, we may come to that point. Well, why do I feel d- at times low and depressed? Why am I ravished with anxiety? Surely this is not what the Bible describes. When I go to the text and it says joy and peace without understanding, that is true. But we will also experience other emotions in this life, won't we, dear friends? When we go through the book of Psalms, we'll see many different emotions for the believer. My dear friends, people have gone through more in the service of the Lord. Elijah and Job hit such lows in their lives that they even cried out for the Lord to end their lives. They hit great lows, these two very godly men. It's not something that we are to look for. But it happens. But the good news is, dear friend, no matter the trouble, if we are trusting in Jesus Christ, we are his child. And there is good news for him. There is good news for the child of God. And there is fruit. Number two now. So there's good news for his people. Number two, there's good news in his presence. There's good news in his presence. In Luke 8, it says this, So it was that while he was serving as priest before God, in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Zacharias could come because he was a priest of the line of Aaron. He could come into the Holy of Holies, the temple, the sanctuary. Now, there's two words in Greek that are translated temple. And this word here, it doesn't mean the outer physical temple. It's speaking about the narrower temple, the Holy of Holies, where God's special presence was that inner temple the sanctuary the place where God's special presence was everyone except for Zacharias was outside the sanctuary they could not enter in however today as believers in Jesus Christ we can enter into his presence by faith There is greater blessings today for the New Testament believer 
than there was in those times. There's greater blessings today than there was for Zacharias who could go into the inner temple and offer up incense. God's people are before the face of God. Walking in his favor, grace, and mercy. We may not feel like it at times, but that is because we're going in and through Jesus Christ. Much more realized today because of the cross and ever since the time of the cross. In 1 Peter it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, into his presence. Into his presence. Are you his dearly beloved people? You were brought into his presence when you've been brought into his marvelous light, as we're experiencing here this morning. The face of God shines upon you because of Christ. What good news. That his favor, his love, and his mercy belongs to you by faith. And by faith alone. Have you ever thought about that? We are today in his presence. We are today in the Holy of Holies. We are today in that sanctuary. We are today in that blessed temple. In and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear friends, it's not just me alone who's offering up spiritual incense before the throne of God. When we come and pray together, we're praying together as one body. And you might think, why does that matter? Well, I remember growing up as a young Roman Catholic. The priest was the only person who was actually active, or seen to be active, in that act Though it is devoid of the gospel of Christ, but yet the people were seen to be passive. But we're not to be passive, dear friends. As we come into the presence of God here this morning to worship him, to offer up our spiritual incense, we don't come passively. We come as one. Even as I preach to you here this morning, we come as one before the throne of grace. We don't have yet the fullness of heaven here. We don't have the fullness. We have but tastes of it. Heaven is the place where God dwells perfectly, where we enjoy him perfectly. Is this not good news? Is this not good news? Even before we are told the good news of Zacharias, the the good news that he was given, specific good news, we have so much good news in that we, because of what Christ did, can dwell with God. It's no longer just the high priest. Yes, we are with the high priest. We are one with the high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. That means he embraces us. That means he loves us. Unless he loves us, This would never be true. Sin cannot dwell with him. Only those who are seen as blameless before the throne of God because of Christ, not because of us, can we be embraced and loved and cared for. Isn't that good news? 
Isn't that good news for those in his presence? Dear friends, the world would wish to rob you of this. The world would wish to say, oh, that thing you do on the Sabbath day, it's not so important. And dear friends, we've heard that for the last two years, more than probably we've ever heard it in our lives. The world thinks nothing of the gathering of God's people. They see it as important, probably even less important than going for groceries. The best news of the week is when we, dear friends, can gather in the name of Jesus Christ. When we can come before the throne of grace, because it's no longer Zacharias by himself. It's all the people of God. That wall of partition has been broken down in Christ Jesus. Number three now. Good news by his promises. Good news by his promises. So we've looked at good news for his people in his presence and now by his promises. While in the presence of God, Zacharias hears these promises from God. Verse 11, it says this, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel of the Lord said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. What else does it say? And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink, shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. To those in his presence that have received these glad tidings. Verse 19, the, the angel says... These glad tidings, or this good news, this good news is delivered. The promises of God, the good news of prayer answered. Zechariah, his prayer is heard, the word of God says. Do not be afraid, your prayer is heard. But it's good news for only for those, by his promises, for those in his Presence Only by Jesus Christ. Otherwise the prayers that we offer, if it is not through Jesus Christ, if it is in any other way, these, this incense that travels on the way toward heaven is not pleasing before God. From the saints of God, this incense is a delight, a sweet smelling aroma before God. God loves Our prayers. He loves our prayers. And he makes promises to those whom he delights in. It says in Revelation 5 verse 8 to 10. Now when he had taken the scroll. The five, the four living creatures. And the twenty-four elders. Fell down before the lamb. Each having a harp. And golden bowls. Full of incense. Which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. Saying you are worthy to take the scroll. But that part in verse 8. The incense described in the book of Revelation. 
are the prayers of the saints. What promises are made to Zacharias? Ones which were no doubt good news. Good news. Your prayer is answered. Something you have prayed for for years has been answered. No no doubt it has been for years. I doubt it has just been at that time. If you look later, Zacharias thinks the time is gone. I'm too old. That Elizabeth would conceive and that there would be joy and gladness at the birth of this child. That, there will be, that he would be great in the sight of the Lord. He'd be set apart. We see the language of the Nazarite. He would drink neither, um, he would drink neither wine or strong drink. And he would be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. That is the Nazarite vow he would take. But very, very simply, he would be set apart. He would be set apart for the specific role to play for God. Can we imagine if we had heard such news before our child was even conceived and, and we're told that that child would be a great preacher of the gospel that would lead many to Christ and that he perhaps would even pastor souls faithfully for many generations. Hearing this before, it was even a reality. What good news would that be to us if we had heard it today? Hearing this even before he was even conceived. And on top of that, perhaps you were well beyond the normal years that people will expect to have such good news. This is great news. This is wonderful news. And this is all, and you see this throughout the scriptures. God's promises are not just good, they're amazing. They're incredible. They're beyond anything that we can imagine. And don't we, dear friends, as we, and this happens to us all, the longer we're Christians, the more we need to remind ourselves of the great promises of God because we are so in danger of becoming cynical, aren't we? It can happen to us all. That we become almost hardened to these wonderful promises of God. And to remind ourselves of how amazing they are. This man, John the Baptist, would be that great Elijah. Prophesied in Isaiah. Prophesied in Malachi. Who would turn many to God. In a time when religion was in great decline. How do I know this? Well, the Pharisees were seen as the great holy ones of the day. And if anyone was going to heaven, it was the Pharisees, at least they thought. But these were self-righteous hypocrites. Many of them were on their way to hell, but they thought they were better than everyone else. Few in that day truly looked to the Messiah. Doesn't it sound a lot like today? But the promises of God are only good news if God is seen to be powerful enough to do them. Isn't that true? The the promises are wonderful because of this. Because of his power. The next point we're going to look at now. Good news through his power. Good news through his power. Verse 19 says this. 
And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these good or these glad tidings, or also to deliver you this good news. This is my role. Gabriel's role, this mighty angel created by God, his role here was to deliver this good news to Zacharias. This glad tidings. Because of the power of the one promising, this is good news. It wouldn't be good news at all if he wasn't powerful enough to do as he says. We hear that John, the answer to his prayers, would go in the spirit and power of Elijah. Verse 17 says this. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, I suppose we'll try and think of it like this. What if we were in this situation? We prayed for many years. We're now in advanced years. We're older Would we believe this? Would we trust this? Did Zacharias believe this? Or did he struggle? Now we have to remember before we look at Zacharias' response and think, I can't believe he didn't just trust it. This man was a godly man. It says in verse 6, remind ourselves they were both righteous before God. They were both righteous. Both Zacharias and Elizabeth were godly people. But even those who walk in a way that gives honor to God can and sometimes do struggle to believe all that God has promised. Have you ever come to a section of scripture and you you know what it's saying? But we struggle to believe it because it almost seems too good to be true. We can't imagine a time when the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. We struggle because we only go with what we see with our eyes, not with the eye of faith. And sadly, because of this, we can diminish the power of God and we can make our obstacles, whatever they may be in our lives, more powerful than God. Verse 18, now let us look at Zacharias' response. And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. Now, Zacharias may have just been asking, well, how should I know this? Even Mary asked a very similar question to her good news later on in Luke's gospel. But he clearly struggled to believe this. Because what happened next? Verse 19, uh, verse 20, sorry. But behold, you will be mute, that is, he could not speak, and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Even Zacharias had become cynical that this could happen. Is there someone you're praying for for many years, and you're counting the time? Well, it's been 10 years. 
I've been praying for this neighbor of mine, and this person just seems to be extra hardened to the gospel more now than ever. And you think, this can't happen. Before you know it, you're praying less and less for that person. It's so easy to happen. But not only did God have power over the promises, he also had power over Zacharias' mouth. He had power over Zacharias' tongue. God has power over all things. Even the things we think are impossible. And dear friends, there are things that God has promised. There are things that God has promised That even as believers, we can struggle and not believe and not trust. There are many good and faithful promises that we have to look at in the scriptures, meditate upon, and to trust God. And to grow to love them. Trusting that we may see these things as impossible, but nothing is impossible with God. If I said, in a couple of years, this building could be full of people. Some here might say, oh, that's impossible. We've been trying that for years. But is anything impossible to God? Not at all. Zacharias was thinking according to the eye of the flesh and not according to the eye of faith. The eye of faith is the only one that sees the power of God. Our own eye only sees impossibility because of our weakness, our fleshly weakness. But the eye of faith sees no limitation. No limitation on the power of God. If there's any limitation on the power of God, it is that he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny himself. He cannot go against his nature. The authority here of Gabriel, as we see in our text, His ability to know anything he's declaring here to Zacharias comes from God. He's coming from the presence of God. He's coming from the very closeness with God. And Zacharias is also in the Holy of Holies, is he not? He's in that presence of God. But here is coming one that is even closer. He's coming from the the joys and the glories of heaven. And that's how he knows these things. The closer you are to heaven, dear friends, the more you'll see these things. The closer and the more intimate your relationship with God. Gabriel had a closer, more intimate relationship with God and more intimate presence with God because of where he was coming from. He knew these things. He didn't doubt these things. The more we will know his power, the more we will believe what he says. Gabriel is beholding the face of God. And so he can send this good news. And the more, dear friends, you behold the face of God, the more you can share good news to your neighbors. The more you can share good news to your children. The more you can encourage one another in the difficult times. The more we can taste of the power that is to come. And finally, then number five, we're going to look at good news upon his proof. Good news upon his proof. It says in verse 23 to 25, So was then, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. 
Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me and took away my reproach among people. Here is the proof, one among many in the scriptures, that nothing is impossible with God. The old age that Zacharias, he's saying, uh, we're, we're, me, my wife, we're too old. This is not possible. This is basically the response he's making to Gabriel the angel. It didn't stop God. Oh, dear friends, when will we trust him? Not just, yes, in our salvation, but in every area. Are there areas in our lives that we're struggling to relinquish and trust him with? And he does not ask us to trust him blindly, with no evidence. Constantly, time and time again, there's much proof to what God is saying, that there's good news here in the scriptures. Luke, even in this chapter, In Luke chapter 1 verse 2 it says, Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. And what was the purpose of these eyewitnesses, of these proofs you could say? It says in verse 4 that you may know, that you may know the certainty of those things which you were instructed. The word of God is filled with proofs and eyewitnesses and testimonies that show that these things are true. We're not just going blindly, uncritically. No. Even Luke, when he writes to Theophilus at the beginning of this gospel, he's saying, I'm writing this gospel. I'm writing this letter to you. To show the things that have been fulfilled among us. That you may know the absolute certainty of these things. There's proof upon proof upon proof in the scriptures. God proves time and time again of his faithfulness, his love and his kindness. Dear friends, his provision on your table. The food on your table. Yeah, we can think, oh it comes from the farmer. Yes, and praise God for the farmers. But... How did, the, far, how did the, the, the crops grow in the ground in the first place? How did the, the health of the cows maintain for as long as they do? His continued feeding of your family shows his love. Yes, he feeds all upon this earth. There is a, he provides this special love. His answers to prayer. Have you had answers to prayer dear friends? Have you prayed for something. And the Lord has answered you. Evidence. Of his faithfulness. Evidence of his mercy. Evidence of the reliability. Of his promises. That yes if you knock. He will open unto you. Seek and you will find. This is good news. Answered prayer is not just for Zacharias. Answered prayer is also for you. And it is also upon this proof that you know that this is good news. And we should know. We should, the longer we're Christians, 
the more we see evidences of God's love, evidences of God's answers to prayer, evidences of God's mercy, evidences of God's providence. And we teach these things to the next generation, don't we? We pray, don't we, before we eat, thanking God for the food because he provided it to us. Thanking God for a roof over our heads. Thanking God for all the things that he provides us with. As we look also, we see proof all around us in creation. It says in Psalm 19 verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. The skies, the expanse, they show his work. And if you want to understand the artist, you study his work. You study what he's written. You study what he's painted. You understand more of the artist, the person who made it. And so it is when we look at creation. We see proof all around us of God's goodness, of his grace, providing sunshine and rain for all. It is the atheist who is blind to the beauty of the Savior. It is the atheist rejecting all the evidence. No matter what you have heard, this good news is based upon proof. It is based upon testimony. It is based upon irrefutable proof that we may know the certainty of these things that you hear this morning. But only a person with saving faith, with his eyes open, born again of the Spirit of God, can actually see these things. Otherwise, you will be blind to these things. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are in the eyes of the world, how how you tested in, in school. Only a person who's born again of the Spirit of God can see the kingdom of God. The blind sinner. To the blind sinner, this is all bad news. This is all bad news. The good news to Zacharias is a great man, one seen great in the kingdom of God, will turn many to the kingdom of God. That is bad news for the lost sinner. It demands, this good news demands saying goodbye to the sin that they love. It says goodbye to the sin that they love, turning toward turning away from the sin that they hate now and turning toward a God who is powerful, a God who is faithful. How do we respond to good news? Do we wish to pour cold water when we first hear good news? We, we, we think of good news, perhaps, as Oh yeah, it's good now, but eventually it'll be bad news. I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't like being disappointed. I'm going to lower my expectations in these matters. Dear friends, such thinking is not humble. It is proud. And it diminishes the power of God. God answers prayer in the most amazing ways. That thing you have stopped praying for, I beg of you, start praying for it again. That person you've been witnessing to for years, start witnessing to them again. God answers prayer. He answers prayer. And he advances his kingdom 
through that answered prayer. He advanced his kingdom through this answered prayer. John the Baptist, we saw the great minister. It is still spoken about today. The great herald that would prepare the way of the Lord, making his path straight. That is that answer to prayer. Incredible answer to prayer. And when God answered this prayer of Zacharias, it advanced, it grew the kingdom of God and built up and strengthened his people. Do we pray for this? The advancement of his kingdom. For souls, dear, precious souls, created in the image of God to turn to him. To turn to him. Do you see God's message? It is good news. Good news. Wonderful news. It is good news for you, his people. It is good news for those who are in his presence. It is good news for those who are trusting his promises. It is good news for those trusting his power. It is wonderful and mighty news for those trusting and remembering its proof. Amen.